is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Want to just tell you and wish you a happy, happy Monday. We want to thank you for making ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T your first listen of the day. And remember, wherever you download your podcast, we are free, free. And we're on all the major platforms, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, you know, you know the list. We're on every last one of those. And always, when you go there, and you go listen to the podcast. Make sure you do this. And I don't want you to do anything else after that. I want you to take a break and just rest because I want you to really work hard on this review. Give us five stars and say how great we are because I know you believe that. I know you wholeheartedly believe that. And we only want you to go and say things that you actually believe. And we know mm-hmm. you believe that we're great because that's just how we get down right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Uh, we got some we got so much good stuff on the day. Oh, my God. The Braves were busy. The Braves sweep the Nets. They face off against the Mets. And, and we are starting our special, special NFC South preview Woo-hoo. with our, um, our main man, Julia Council, part of Locked On Panthers. We're no. taking a trip. You're taking a trip up to 85 for you guys. And last but not least, in for the culture. Woo, man. Joseph Martinez spoke it. And we're going to get into that. And last but not least, and Ryan Howard. She doing Ryan Howard type things. But before we get into all that, T, man, when you're talking about the Braves sweeping the Nationals over the weekend, you got Michael Harris doing his thing. Nephew Ronnie is out here hitting 400-foot blast. And Austin Riley is making a case for himself to be in the All-Star weekend. But I think that, you know, it was good, though. All things, all things considered, it was good for the Braves to actually do exactly what they were supposed to do, and that sweep the Washington Nationals. I agree. I agree. And just to tee it up on you know that last game, if you will, although this was them the entire series, the consistency of it, but so many other positives there as well. Ian Anderson having a nice little solid bounce back. Maybe. They're looking for that. They're looking for that. Exactly, yeah. because this is the second game in a row where he's gone five-plus innings, and he's been able to get that run total down, those earned runs uh, down, and even his walks. So, look, that's a positive that we look for. And then we talk about the bullpen, and we were like, hmm, last week, at the midpoint, what's that bullpen looking like? And they really showed up last night where you had Colin McHugh to throw a scoreless inning. And He's been so smooth. He really has. <laughs> He's just been so smooth when he comes into the game. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't know if we really kind of, quote, unquote, give him all the flowers, if you will. But definitely last night he gave you all the reason to know why he deserves that. And really it was that whole bullpen just coming in and doing their work. And Austin Riley, man, because we talked about how he had had, he broke out early, then it was quiet, and now he is right back on track, and you love to see it. This is the perfect time for Austin Riley to be peaking. No doubt about it. And and I think that it's, it's it kind of speaks to just the type of guy he is because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really hear too much from him. He kind of right. just is a, is a lunch pail type guy, and he just kind of goes to work and, and uh-huh. just – he just does what he's supposed to do. Like the guy's on pace to hit over 40 home runs and nobody's really talking about him, but yeah. you know, but we're going to actually, we're going to talk about him yes, because we're going to talk about 
why he probably should have been on that all-star roster but before we do that mm-hmm. tanitra tell them about the sports card investor the people Absolutely. that we love and they have come on board with locked on sports atlanta what they got going on Welcome to the world of sports cards. That's what they have going on, a reimagining of the world of sports cards. So sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. You can do a quick check on the value of your favorite cards. You can find great deals and profit from the hobby you love. Now, check this out. You can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added every week. So you can check out the latest values of your favorite cards with seven day or 30 day charts. And I'll be checking that out because I'm interested to see for the crime dog. Yep. What I can get with Fred McGriff's rookie card. I want to see that from 86. And I want to check out the value of his card from 87. And I can do that right on the app. Also, you can find the best prices by directly through the app with the eBay deals feature. Now, whether you're a casual card collector or looking for an alternative investment opportunity, like I am, the free sports card investor app has something for you. So you can check the value of, find great deals on the first cards of breakout stars or prospects. And can you imagine Jarvis, the value of a Spencer Strider or Michael Harris card right now? Well, you can go to sports card investor to find out what that value is. Go back in time too. Like I talked about my favorite Fred McGriff, want to check him out, but it's all sports. It's all sports. So Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for the free free in the Google Play and Apple App Store, <laughs> or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. No doubt. We love the free free on Locked On Sports Atlanta. I don't know about you all, but that's how I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, we talked about all stars, right? Let me go ahead and name the starters. We got we only have starter, excuse me. Ronald Acuna Jr. was named a starter. Then we had Dansby Swanson, Max Free, Travis D'Arno, and our boy Willie Contreras um, was a, voted to the um, to the All Star game, so that's five starters. But T, like I mentioned before, before before uh, the little the little intermission there, Austin Riley is on pace for f- over forty home runs. Yes. You can't even smell the doggone All Star roster. What is going on? <laughs> it's crazy. But also Kyle Wright. Kyle mm-hmm. Wright is having ten game winner. Yeah, of his life, like right. ten games, and he is he literally with the second half or back half of the season, we'll call it. He can potentially get right into that twenty game mark if he just continues his tear that he's on. He's over a hundred strikes already, and literally strikes to walk ratio is phenomenal. So right. I feel like with Kyle Wright, you kind of hope maybe he gets a reserve spot. Maybe Snit will announce him as a reserve or even an AJ mentor who's just quietly been doing his thing, you know, when he can, uh, when the opportunity presents itself. But particularly, I wanted to say Kyle Wright because mm-hmm. he's somebody who you just kind of hope that if there's an opportunity for a reserve, that he will get that nod. And I agree well, with you on Austin Riley, by the way, as well. No doubt about it. Those 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 young guys, like the Braves, just have so much young talent that they mm-hmm. are just cultivating, and it just seems like it is everything is just coming to fruition right now, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. Now, what's going? Another thing that's going to be beautiful to watch tonight: Max Scherzer <laughs> versus Max Fried. It's a maximum type situation going on uh, tonight. The Braves are one and a half games back of the International League East, but T. I have to ask you this question. Who is this series bigger for, the Mets or the Braves? I still feel like it's bigger for the Mets. 
And the reason I say that is because they still have something to prove, right? We are at a point where that the the uh, the Braves are literally what like seven and two or eight out of ten eight wins in their last ten games, right? And then I think mm-hmm. about seven and two in the month of July, and we all know what, what June looked like. June was crazy, like you know twenty six and seven something crazy. But my point right. being, the Braves are braving in a good way, right? Indeed. But the Mets started metting in a bad way. Mets, you lost to the Marlins and got shut out yesterday. Thanks. Right. But I see the Braves trending up. And I see the Mets kind of trending down. And granted, just like the Braves are, Mets are getting some people back. But I think the Mets have to show that they're not going to Met. And they have to show that they're serious contenders versus pretenders. No doubt about it. And and that's and that's the thing that I'm going to be looking for is, you know, what the Mets are going to be able to do. Because like I said, the Braves are four-time four-time champs right like four times in a row they're going for number five they're going for the thumb you know they're trying to go for the thumb in the east um division um um, banner so uh, like you said i think i do i wholeheartedly agree that the mets are the ones who have something to prove here because like how the braves have been playing for this last month and some change this is what we expected this is what we expected to do and and when you think about where they are from a roster standpoint they Mm -hmm. just they're just so much more deeper than yeah. than what the Mets have. Like like the Braves just have more, and they have mm-hmm. and they're better. They have more and they're better. So they have quality and quantity. So yeah. I'm not too concerned about how this series turns out. But it would be good to just go ahead and sweep them, just yeah. so we can get those people up in New York to shut up about making all these predictions. But I think that one thing though, T, that we may have to make a prediction about uh, is. Wow, it's I, I'm really at a space now where you have the Braves, and what did we just talk about how great their roster is, right? Mm-hmm. But the Braves have been making some moves. They have traded for Robinson Cano with the San Diego Padres, mm-hmm. and they traded away Drew Waters. Yep. Like Alexanthopoulos is willing and dealing. Like, what is going on? Are you kind of getting a good vision of what? Alex Anthopoulos is trying to do. I know about the Roberts Cano thing, but wow, just kind of give me give me some insight as far as what you're thinking as far as what, what Alex Anthopoulos got up his sleeve. Now we know he's always he he always has something, but it seems like he got some, he's 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 cooking up something in the kitchen. And I'm trying to smell what's going on. Right. So I'm going to just give a little petty shout out to double A on that Robinson Cano, because if you insert him, you brought him up from the minors today. So he's Mm -hmm. at least available for the active roster. Now, whether or not he starts ahead of Orlando Arcia, well, that, you know, that remains to be seen. Phil Gosselin is gone. So there's that. So you literally don't know what Robinson Cano is. Even from a hashtag petty perspective, you get somebody who's still being paid $24 million by the Mets and who's still a serviceable second baseman. So I like that move for all those petty reasons that I just mentioned. But also, Indeed. I think that when you look at the prospects and you look at a Drew Waters or you even go back to a Christian Pache and you look at Michael Harris, right? These are the prospects that we've been talking about for the last several years. And yet Alex Anthopoulos was okay parting ways with Pache. He's okay with parting ways with Waters, but look who he brought up from double A and look who is actually delivering relative to Pasha. I know Drew Waters really didn't get an opportunity, but I say all that to say that Alex Anthopoulos must, must see something, whether it's in the draft, right, or whether mm-hmm. it's continuing to get assets so he can go out and get somebody else that he might need. 
I trust what he's doing, but I think it also goes to show that the Braves had that much confidence in Michael Harris that they were willing to part ways with Pache and Waters, but not him. I think that's probably a hundred percent of why he was able to trade Drew Waters because you know it was the hype machine behind him was loud and clear until he got to AAA and start muddling around up there a little bit, a little bit longer than what people expected. Yeah, exactly. He was like, he's okay. So, I, but I think that you know he's going to get the opportunity to play, and you know you don't want anybody to kind of flame out in AAA. You know you want right. the guy kind of, especially when you come in with the hype that he was coming in with. So yeah, I, he's going to get an opportunity to play over there, mm-hmm. and we're going to continue to watch our guy Michael Harris, yes. NL Rookie of the Year. I'm calling it. Let's go. Go ahead and give it to him, and you know, and and see and enjoy, you know that that combination that that that's that main staple in the center field but coming up next though t we're about to trek the trip up to 85 north headed to charlotte to trying to see what's going on with the carolina panthers they just traded for baker mayfield yes but does that even really matter as far as what is going to the end result in the nfc south we'll ask our main man part of locked on panthers julian council next right here on locked on sports atlanta Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra, and that is Jarvis. And thank you guys again for just supporting us the way that you do. As always, when you go to wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you give us a five-star review. We appreciate it, and we definitely take your feedback seriously. So thanks again for rocking with us, especially today because we are kicking off a series NFC South, around the NFC South, so we have a special guest for you guys today. But before we talk about that and before we bring our guest in, Jarvis wants to tell you a little bit about Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens, y'all. Let me tell y'all, like, have you been trying to figure out how to have better health? Have you ever trying to been figure out how you can get all you need in one scoop, one shot of some good old green, the Athletic Greens? Athletic Greens got you taken care of, right? Because, you know, I've, one thing I've been struggling, T, I've, you know, I've been doing, I've been trying to get my health together, get this weight loss. And, and I'm telling you, yes. Athletic Greens has been able to do that. And what, you know, to my, what is Athletic Greens, Jarvis? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you get your day started. And just a little fact for you, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, anything. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your whole cold brew habit. You go, so jump on this bad boy. All right, so let me tell you what Athletic Greens is doing for you, right? To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. That's athleticgreens.com backslash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Go to Athletic Greens. I love it. I love it. And obviously, Athletic Greens is a big deal and maybe something that went on down the road, or should I say Up 85 was a big deal recently as well. And here to talk about it is Julian Council from our Locked on Panthers network. Thank you guys for just joining us and representing uh, as far as we start this NFC South going around the room, if you will. So we start in Carolina. And thanks again, Julian, for joining us. So look, we're going to just get this question out of the way right off the bat. 
You already know what it is, right? Yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Acquired Baker Mayfield for a 2024 conditional draft pick, of course, last Wednesday. The Panthers did, and reports say the Browns maybe viewed him as a little immature, maybe didn't have behavior that was good for the locker room, kind of divided that locker room. So I just wanted to know from you, Julian, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that Carolina was getting Mayfield, and are you concerned about his fit with this team? Yeah, no, first off, appreciate y'all having me on. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. how much I like seeing all this red and black around. <laughs> I'm not real comfortable about that. But, uh, That's a little decorum for you. That's all. The welcome is welcoming. Welcome and decorum, right, right, Julie. Right, right. We're all friends, 85. Uh, you know, when, when I saw the news, it was kind of like, well, it's about time. I've been waiting for months for them to get this done. Like, they could not go in the season with Sam Darnold. I know they drafted Matt Corral. But the plan has always been since they drafted him to give him time to sit back and to learn and then to grow. He's not going to be able to do that if Sam Darnold's playing this upcoming season because Darnold has never played a full 17 or 16-game schedule. He also has not played well. He's been statistically the worst quarterback since he entered the league back in 2018. So they need to go out there and find someone who could at least give this team an opportunity to compete after making what I thought were really good moves in free agency, especially rebuilding the offensive line. And Baker Mayfield was that guy. It was always, to me, inevitable that he would be here in Carolina. Now, what led him to Carolina? In part, like you're bringing up there, Tanitra, is the fact that he did wear on the Browns organization. Kevin Stefanski is for his head coach up there. And also not just him, but Hugh Jackson. He had public spats with him. Freddie Mm -hmm. Kitchens, the former head coach in Cleveland. And then last year, pretty publicly, him and OBJ had a falling out that led Odell going to Los Angeles, which worked out for him as he won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Now, the reporting from Chris Mortensen about the whole adult in the room, doesn't look really good on the Browns now, considering all the things that Deshaun Watson has been accused of and now has had to settle in court. But I do understand why they wanted to move on because Deshaun is a better talent and Baker kind of was going to get them as far as he took him there a couple years ago to the divisional round and they wanted to upgrade. So, yeah, there's a little bit of concern about Baker's past issues and also just his performance on the field. But he is far and above an upgrade from Sam Darnold and even Teddy Bridgewater, who the Panthers have rolled out there the last two years since Matt Rule's been here as the head coach. So let me ask you this, Jarvis, it might be easier to kind of segue into because Julian's kind of already brought it up. And, you know, my question was around that very thing. So you you sign Mayfield, but you retain Darnold, but you draft Matt Corral. So does that change the long term strategy for the Panthers at QB? And the reason Jarvis and I wanted to ask you is because we've been facing a similar situation here in Atlanta where the Falcons signed Marcus Mariota, but then they draft Desmond Ritter. Of course, Matt Ryan is gone. And so the question becomes long-term strategy here. So we wanted to know what your long-term, what you believe the long-term strategy is there. I don't know. I don't think they even know. Like, there's, that's the thing about this. That's, a, that's an amazing, that's a great answer, Julian. There has been no semblance of a plan at the position since Matt Rule got here. And I don't even count the first two years of ownership of David Tepper when he inherited Cam Newton, Ron Rivera. The last two years, that's when I look at his ownership when he brought in his own head coach, a guy who came from college. And historically, college coaches have not had much success as of late. And you look at the Nick Sabans, the Steve Spurriers, even the great ones, which Matt Rule was not at Baylor or Temple. They couldn't even win in the NFL. And he decides to bring him in and bring in Teddy Bridgewater, which at the time felt like, okay, Teddy can be a bridge quarterback, no pun intended. And then you get your guy, maybe like a Justin Fields in 2021. But instead... They said, nah, we don't want to wait for a rookie to develop, so let's go ahead and bring in Sam Darnold. And we all saw how that worked out, predictably so. He was terrible like he was in New York. Now with Baker here, and even after they drafted Matt Corral, I have no idea who's going to start week one of 2023. And I talked about it on my show recently how 
that's not a great situation. Like for now, it's a Baker Mayfield show, but who's going to be running the show next year? I have no idea. I don't know how about y'all, how y'all feel about Desmond Ritter. I was talking to one of my friends the other day, just looking at all the NFL quarterbacks who are going to start this upcoming season. I could name four or five that weren't drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. Teams don't typically draft a quarterback in the third round and expect for them to be their franchise quarterback. I don't know if Atlanta's thinking about that with Desmond Ritter. Next year is perceived to be a deeper quarterback class. So right. if you like, if you, I think you guys are going to be pretty bad, so you're going to have a good opportunity to get somebody like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young next season. Is Desmond really, really the answer for Carolina? Mm-hmm. I think they actually have a better chance of having success this upcoming season, which then could muddy the waters of their ability to get someone high into draft. And then what do you do if Baker Mayfield ends up winning? And what now happens to Matt Corral? There's not really a semblance of the plan. They're just trying to figure out hey, can we win this season? And then I guess we'll figure out all the things later on this upcoming mm-hmm. offseason in 2023. And to be honest with you, Julian, it seems like they're just trying to figure out how to keep their jobs yes, <laughs> at the end exactly of the day. What that's what, how can I save my job and buy myself some more time? That's what mm-hmm. Matt Rule is doing. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of right on brand is what the, what the, the moves that they've made. And, and you know, like, like a lot of you know, hoopla has been made about the Baker Mayfield trade. But my thing is from a 30,000-foot view, Mm-hmm. of the Carolina Panthers down here in Atlanta. You know, me driving up 85 and taking a look at those guys, I've always believed, and you may or may not agree with this. I'm pretty sure you probably would because you seem like a very smart guy, Julian. Um, Chris McCaffrey is is how this team, how he does and his health is going. Is how he, how successful is the, the Carolina Panthers are going to be. Now, granted, my question to you is that how important for you know is it for Christian McCaffrey to be successful in this year because you talked about Baker Mm -hmm. Mayfield being the quarterback for this year and being the Mm -hmm. starter how important is it for Christian McCaffrey to be healthy so Baker Mayfield can essentially so they can justify this Baker Mayfield trade yeah I mean like in football like in life you're only as good as the people around you right and right you could say the same thing the last few seasons with Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold not having Christian McCaffrey out there has hurt them now the Panthers have only had Christian for 10 games over the last two seasons. And coincidentally, Matt Rule's record the last two seasons is 10 and 23. The Panthers <laughs> didn't win all 10 games that McCaffrey played, but you can see that there's an obvious um, hole in the offense when he's not out there. And they've been so reliant upon him, which I think is part of the reason why he suffered from injuries. And that is also correlated with the poor quarterback play. So yeah, right. how important is Chris, Christian McCaffrey? He's important. But last time he was healthy in 2019, back when Cam Newton only started two games, you had Kyle Allen for the majority of the season, the Panthers still went 6-10. and 10. He had 1,000 thousand yard, uh, yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing in that season. Only mm-hmm. happened two other times, Roger Craig with San Francisco and then Marshall Falk with the Rams, who's now in the Hall of Fame. So clearly, yeah, he was a good player, but he didn't impact winning. And the last mm-hmm. two seasons when he's been out, well, they have won basically just as much without him as they won with him when he was the main focal point back in 2019. What matters most is the quarterback play. So, yes, having Christian healthy will help Baker Mayfield to take pressure off of him. Having a better offensive line will help Baker Mayfield. Getting Robbie Anderson to bounce back this this season and Terrace Marshall, him breaking out this year, and even Shard Higgins, who had a good relationship with Baker back in Cleveland, that all helps. McCaffrey is obviously important, but I don't think that he has that much importance is why you also look at why did you pay him all that money because you can find any running back like Mike Davis back in 2020 for Carolina who can give you some really quality snaps. So he's important. I just don't think he really means all that much to winning. I look at the quarterback position as being the end-all, be-all for Carolina to have any sort of success as far as the win-loss column goes this year.
And I yeah. think one of the things I want to kind of follow up with you, you brought up Robbie Anderson. I thought that was pretty interesting. A lot of the news was a circle around him tweeting out, no, when they traded for Baker Mayfield. And it seems like he kind of walked it back. What the sense do you get as far as how Robbie Anderson really feels about Baker Mayfield? I don't know if there's an actual issue there. Like he, he, he told us a couple of weeks ago um, at Mandatory Minicamp, he's like, I don't know, buddy. Like I don't know him, <laughs> so it's like I, I don't think I don't see why they would ever have met at each other. Like at what point were their paths across? He's gone back and said that it was all about defending Sam Darnold. He was on the I Am Athlete podcast, I think last week, talking to Brandon Marshall and those guys and telling them how you know he really was kind of talking about Sam Darnold and how mm-hmm. when he was in New York, he saw how Sam's development got all messed up and that he was just trying to defend a guy who's he's played the majority of his career with as yeah. his quarterback more so than to try and denigrate Baker Mayfield, a guy who, as he allegedly says, he doesn't know buddy. So <laughs> that's all well and good, bro. But if you put a comment like that saying nah to having interest in trading for Baker Mayfield, you're opening up a lot of criticism for people to interpret it however they want. You didn't add the context. Now that you add it later, it's hard to believe, especially when you go back to last season and on the sideline, Robbie Anderson's yelling at Sam Darnold, cussing him out, telling him to tighten up, and I'm sure far more colorful words. I don't know how much I really believe that he's all on board with Baker Mayfield. But if he wants to have a better season, he better get on board because his best chance at having a bounce back year and getting another contract is to have Baker Mayfield start and play well and then be on a, on a good rapport and have a good relationship head into 2022. Agree, because Robbie Anderson, of course, has season lows all across the board, yards, catch percentage, yards per game. So he needs to focus on Robbie Anderson's game. But listen, we appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully you'll come back sometime in the season, whether you want to come back ahead of October 30th when you guys come down 85 or whether you want to come back closer to November 10th when we go up 85, the Falcons, that is. We just appreciate you stopping by. And of course, guys, when we come back, it's going to be a little for the culture. We had a rookie doing some big things over the weekend. We'll talk about it on the other side. Final segment of ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. And also, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. But Tanitra, this is... For the culture, and it is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. That's just how we get down here. Now, there's a little drama over there in uh <clears throat> at Mercedes-Benz. No, we're not talking about the Atlanta Falcons. We're talking about Atlanta United. They take the L over the weekend. T and Gonzalo Pineda, Joseph Martinez, they had words. And I think the first thing just for me when I hear, heard these words from – Joseph Martinez, because he talked about guys not really coming with the energy they need and not mm-hmm. really being a part of the team. And, and the thing about it, the first thing that came to my mind is mm-hmm. all those moves that Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra have made, the guys that they have brought in, they haven't been team guys. They haven't been locker room guys. Those guys have come in with initiatives that have nothing to do with Atlanta United. And I think that that's a product of the people who made those decisions to bring them in. What say you? Yeah, I would agree. I don't think, and and, and I don't fault the United front office completely because yeah. you had so many holes to fill in so quickly. It was one guy going down after another, after another, after another. But when Bobby Shuttleworth retired abruptly last week, not to say he's not an older, you know, veteran, if you will, but that was interesting to me. And then right. we come here and we see 
arguably the worst loss in franchise history on home pitch, right? Yeah, no and doubt. it really makes you start questioning. And then thirdly, we know some of our friends and colleagues who report on United said that was the longest wait for Gonzalo Pineda because everybody was in that locker room for forever. And I think, and especially you can say this as a player, former player, when you're in, even even me, I can tell you from, from my perspective of being on certain teams, when we're behind closed doors that long, it's probably because we're not agreeing. It's not good, line. yes. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not positive. It's not positive. And I started thinking all over the place, Jarvis. I was thinking about exactly what you said. Team chemistry is just not there because these are just plug-and-play people. Whether they end up being great or not, or just average players, they're just plug-and-play at the end of the day. So Joseph Martinez, Brad Guzan, and all of these guys that he has built that chemistry with over time, they're not there. So that's very difficult for someone as passionate as he is about this brand to see kind of like going up in smoke. And I can't imagine what it must be for Gonzalo Pineda. But I think to myself, too, I'm not going to postulate too much on this, Jarvis, but just something for us to think about. December 2018 is when Tata Martino parted ways with this team. Frank DeBoer, interim Stephen Glass, Gabriel Heinze, interim Rob Valentino, and now Gonzalo Pineda. Starting to see a pattern of inconsistencies here, and that concerns me as well. Now, I do think Gonzalo Pineda was the right hire. Don't get me wrong. Right. I think he might have been. He may end up being the best replacement since Tata departed. But there's just so much flux, so much flux around there that I'm concerned that I don't know if they can get that together this season by virtue of you just don't have the players to come back and bring that chemistry that we we're so accustomed to being critical to what United does. No doubt about it. And and it, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I start to feel that Tata Martino was Atlanta United. And the day that he walked out of their door was probably the last time we see the accomplishment that were, that they made when he was here. And it has been kind of and it's kind of and it's definitely unfortunate because a lot of people were speculating about that um, as he was walking out of the door. But hopefully they get things turned around and, and yeah. start to get back on track because Darren Eels is is. Is he's a stand-up guy? Like I mm -hmm. got a chance to meet him before, and he's just an mm -hmm. all-around great guy. And hopefully, they can get this thing turned around. But, mm -hmm. but coming up next, though, we got Ryan Howard balling it All-Star Weekend. We're gonna talk about exactly what type of effect she's had on the Atlanta Dream since she's walked on the court. But before we do that, T, tell them about Coffee AM and the effect that they've had on you so far. Oh, I am so excited about this today because we have been talking about driving through Atlanta traffic and how difficult that is. And I've been telling you guys that I've been waiting with bated breath to get the package from this Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster that you too should definitely check out. And I'm so excited to tell you guys that I can now check it out as well. You guys know that I'm a green drinker. So this is the green tea. And look, it even has my name on it. It's so cute, cute, cute. But anyway, that's what they're doing. I, will, I cannot wait to tell you guys in the next day or two just how great the product is. It just came. So the landing page, the initial coupon code, we're going to give you all of that because I want you guys to get exactly what Jarvis and I have been talking about for the last couple of weeks. It's the freshest coffee you can get because most of those coffees are roasted either the same day that they're shipped out or not long after that. Again, they have a huge selection. I just showed you the teas, but they also sent us coffee. And mm -hmm. even if you're someone who has, I guess, what do you call it? Like a Keurig machine or something like that? You can't. Yeah, like, they got the pods. Yeah, Keurig. let's go. 
There we go. I love that brew. That is <laughs> yes. my favorite brew, by the way, exactly. in that pod. Yes. 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 So if you are into supporting locally owned businesses like we are, then go for Coffee AM. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today. Take a look at the full menu. I just showed you a little bit of the coffees, the teas, but they also sent me some cool gifts that you can get as well. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout. Guess what you get? 15% off on your first order of coffees, teas, and gifts. And remember, the best small batch coffee roaster in America is right in your backyard. Well, we know that Ryan Howard is in our backyard, right down there at College Park for the Atlanta Dream, number one overall pick, gets selected to play in the All-Star Weekend, and T, she did not disappoint. Not at all. She was one of only two players, the other being the All-Star Game MVP, Kelsey Plum, who participated in all three events, skills challenge, three-point contest, and the all-star game. And in the skills, uh, excuse me, the three-point game comes out in third place. Amazing. And she gets in and she gets maybe 15 minutes to play in the all-star game because, of course, you know, they rotate them in and out. And in 15 minutes, five of nine, 13 points, five rebounds, four assists. I, I can't tell you enough about that. And you can tell, Jarvis, when you've made an impact when the veterans are coming up to you folks are coming yeah. from the sidelines and just saying like how special a player you are so you had mentioned earlier about the fact that this seems like it could be a little bit of a down year for the united which is surprising for us but now another surprise is that it could be an up year for the dream that we did not expect a coming, yes. year for them and in addition to giving coach tanisha wright a world of credit as well as the owners and Morgan Shaw Parker leading the team, the, the players that we that that we see the dream put on the court, they are putting in that work, and that includes Ryan Howard. So congratulations to her, happy belated birthday to you, and we wish that you guys nothing but success when you get back on the court this week to start the second half. Also wish the Braves success in starting this series tonight. Max versus Max. Max versus, <laughs> exactly. Can't wait to talk to you guys about it tomorrow, as well as Hawks Summer League and any and everything going on in this world of sports. So stop here first, and after you stop here, go to Hidden Heart with John Chuckery. We will see you guys tomorrow. Be safe in the streets. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>